Can they hear me? Can they hear me live out there? Next beat. That ain't the beat I want. Those was wood. Beats another beat. Right another there, beat. Nope. Give me another beat. Give me another beat. Nope. That's not it. That's the beat. Turn it up. Oh, word. Turn it up. I gotta hear it a little louder. You're making that louder than my headphones. Turn me up on my headphones. I'm still stuck in the 80s slash 90s. Lottos, kangaroo boots, natty ghosts, feelers, jumpsuits, and troops, Junos, color Levi's, broads, bunny sweaters with the rhinestone ring on it. Fighting and making up the next day. Nobody gets shot. Working a hustle and a get it. A get guy. We had love for the streets. Our family, our foes, our friends. Respect for the elderly. Page us slash payphone. Sneaking in the Adams Theater. Watching Crush Group. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode number 103 of the X-Cast. It's day 5,477 in the search for Tim Shevelday. I am your host, Josh Houselander. With me, as always, the almighty producer, the man who makes Chief Palpatine call him Sir Adam Hernandez. Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, You know what? We're going to jump right into it because, well here in a second because Aaron um Aaron Eggemeyer who was on a couple of weeks ago yeah, Empire Media contributor yeah um is we're going to be discussing the Mueller hearing Robert Mueller hearing big hearing tomorrow obviously with the uh with the special counsel um and we can get him on the line right away so yeah let's jump right into Yeah that. well we're going to get him we're going to get him here shortly he actually called before um we actually got a call from him as we were getting ready to go on, but... <laughs> yeah, I heard actually... him trying to Skype in while the uh, intro music was going, but... <laughs> so, I'm, I'm actually texting him now okay, to... Uh, cool. to... So, yeah, we're going to get Aaron Eggemeyer on. You guys may remember him from a couple weeks ago. We had him on talking politics and some other things. Uh, we actually had him covering the uh, Democratic debates in the past, and we used to have him on a lot to right. be our hockey guy, but now well, he's our politics here guy. Here he is. <laughs> Oh, you know what? Did we lose him? <laughs> I think I think we did. Hold on one second. All right. Yeah. But no, it, also, you guys may remember Aaron from uh, the Majors Live days back in the day when he was our hockey contributor. Um, brilliant hockey guy. We might have to ask him a quick hockey question or two while we got him on the line. But here tonight, Muller Report. Aaron, are you there? Hey, gentlemen. Hey, sorry about that, man. That's technical stuff. I should have just showed up. I, you know what? Um, full disclosure, I actually just pressed the wrong button that second time you tried to call. <laughs> yeah, but, that's uh, a technical error. Yeah, yeah. Even exactly. the best of podcasters, still, you know. Hey, I, yeah, press I'm, the wrong button every once. Yeah, in a while. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I, you know, usually in my world, I guess sometimes the red button means pick it up, and the green button means hang it up. So, uh, well, this, uh, this is our first. This is our first night. Yeah, this is our first night podcasting. So, <laughs> Aaron, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, good. Uh, excited for tomorrow, honestly. Um, I'm really interested to see how both sides kind of handle Robert Mueller. And uh, I mean, he's an expert doing these congressional hearings. He's been up there, I want to say, probably over 80, 90 times. And so, it'll be interesting to see if uh, they can get anything out of him on either side. Yeah, that's and that's the interesting. I mean, offhand, Andrew or uh, Aaron. What am I doing? I'm like all over green the green button picks up. I'm all Tyler's over the fucking Aaron. place tonight. Aaron. <laughs> that's going to be the really interesting thing about all of this because Rob, I mean, there's going to be nobody in that room who is a more experienced cross-examiner than 
Robert Mueller. I mean, right? I mean, it's is this almost is this almost a losing battle for both the Republicans and the Democrats when it comes to trying to question this guy? Because arguably, you're you're going up up against the the best of the best when it comes to when it comes to uh, you know lawyers in this country, right? Well, I mean, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'd say he's probably the most uh, veteran prosecutor uh, the United States has. Uh, if there was ever, you know, another type of trials or anything like that, he would be the one that would uh, represent us. Um, obviously, that's different than being uh, the witness and being questioned by Congress. But again, he's had bad experiences as an FBI director for almost a decade. So he's definitely going to know his parameters it'll be interesting just interesting to see if uh, he stays within uh, as he put it you know the four corners of the report um as far as as far as the questioning and the approach that that both sides and when i see main both sides i'm talking about the republicans and the democrats because obviously there's going to be two obviously different ways that each side is going to approach this. Uh, I know Nancy Pelosi and the House Democrats released a six-page memo today that really kind of took on the look of a political ad rather than, uh, you know, an internal memo, which isn't what it was supposed to be. They wanted this to get out. They wanted people to share it. They wanted celebrities to share it on in, in you know, kind of a social media grassroots movement amongst uh amongst regular people uh to kind of get the word out there about this you know this strategy that the democrats are going to try to push and i know nancy pelosi i mean this is as you know if you're talking about a pivotal uh uh hearing tomorrow it's not only pivotal for for Donald Trump and his administration, but this is going to be extremely pivotal for for Nancy Pelosi, who's faced a ton of pressure and criticism for those in her own party uh, over her reluctance to not even have an impeachment inquiry into Donald Trump. But it seems like one of the biggest things that Nancy Pelosi is going to try to hammer home tomorrow is the mass chaos that is pretty much engulfed uh, the Trump administration, and it she they're going to try to frame it. It seems like that that chaos is going to be there whether Mueller is there or not. What do you think about that strategy, Aaron? As far as trying to frame it like that. Well, and I mean, I'm one of the people who. Uh, I was for having Pelosi as speaker um, after the elections last year. Um, but I think the most interesting the one, part huh? of I'm one of the very few, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I think the most interesting part about it is with how anti, yes, impeachment inquiry Pelosi's been and, you know, trying to just let the investigations play out. The two chairmen of these uh, committees, um, Schiff for Intelligence and Nadler for. Uh, um, judiciary, they're both very pro and vocal about beginning impeachment inquiries. Mm -hmm. um, so it's going to be interesting to see how the members of both of those uh, committees really act. And um, I, I mean, I'm more interested to see how the Republicans try to bring this about to, oh, well, what happened and how they've been very 
how did this even begin? What were the origins of this? Why did this begin? And I mean, I, I'm just really going to be fascinated to see how Mueller shuts them down completely. Well, it seems like the Republicans. I mean, you see what you see what the Democrats are going to try to do. I mean, every single House Democrat that's probably or the majority of them, they're going to be questioning Mueller are going to use are going to try to use it as a roadmap for themselves and Nancy Pelosi to bring about uh, impeachment hearings against Donald Trump. I get that. For the Republicans, it seems like they have a a very difficult line to walk themselves because they're going to be trying to do two very different things at the same time. And what I mean by that is it seems like they're going to try to in some ways, discredit Mueller, but also support his findings in in that there was no evidence to support collusion between the Donald Trump campaign and the Russian government. Oh, absolutely. And that's the tightrope they've been kind of walking this entire time is, um, you know, Mueller clearly points out that he didn't find enough evidence to make any type of criminal charges for conspiracy of collusion with the Russian or any foreign government with the Trump campaign or any of the individuals in it. But so while they praise that on the one hand, they definitely then try to constantly not only demean, but discredit every piece of evidence he has then for the second volume, which is the obstruction where he lays out almost 10 different acts that could be argued as criminal obstruction of justice. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I always kind of thought from the very beginning, Aaron, that Donald Trump, I mean, the Russian, the Russian thing, I mean, it seemed like that kind of, it, it lost its legs the more that things went on. Now, I, I, I don't... Well, let's still be fair. He couldn't find evidence to conclusively bring charges of conspiracy. Correct. That doesn't mean there wasn't massive amounts of evidence of people actually confronting and working with Russian individuals. Correct. That, I, support, that are on behalf of the Russian government. There are over 150 different contacts laid out in the first volume. I always thought, though, the biggest problem, though, for Donald Trump wasn't so much the Russian thing. It was going to be the obstruction of justice charges against him or the allegations against him. Uh, just because... And it. For as naive, because he admitted it live on TV. Exactly. I mean, Holt. I mean, he, yeah. In that in that interview with Lester Holt, he that's what he pretty much said. The reason why he fired James Comey is because of the Russian, or is because of the Russian investigation. And I, for one, I think that Donald Trump, in some ways, is is extremely naive that he just didn't maybe know what the parameters were around this this whole thing i don't think he knew that that if he fires this guy or tries to influence this guy that obstruction of justice could eventually be brought against him and 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 and, and that's why i believe that ultimately speaking that that the obstruction of justice was going to be the biggest problem for him and not so much the collusion thing with russia Oh, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, especially on the he didn't know. That's why the majority of his argument against any of it, you know, besides no collusion, no obstruction, has been that you can't obstruct if there's no underlying crime, which is just patently false and ridiculous because that's not how the law works at all. 
but that's why that's his main excuse. And people buy along with it because on some level that makes sense as to, well, of course someone's going to try and, you know, defend their good honor and their good name when they're being slandered. But that's not how actually obstruction of an investigation works. And that's, I mean, and that's how it works with, with common people too. I mean, yourself or myself or Josh, if we claim, if we claim that we didn't know some law was in existence, I mean, that's not going to matter a whole lot if we, um, are brought forth in front of a judge. Yeah, I mean, anyone that's ever tried to fight a speeding ticket's been told that, uh, ignorance of the law is no excuse. No. So, I mean, that that's, that, that goes without saying for sure. Yeah. Unless you're Don Jr. Apparently. <laughs> well, no, unless you're no, anybody yeah, with a few I mean, bucks that's in your exactly pocket. it. Is that argument that you can't obstruct if there's no underlying crime that's provable is insane. Because if you're being brought up on charges of murder, it, th- then there would be no reason whatsoever for you not to attempt to intimidate witnesses, uh, bribe officials, or destroy evidence. There. Because then there's no punishment if you do get rid of the evidence that proves you committed this crime. Isn't it a bit too? Isn't it a bit kind of two faced though? I mean, if we're being totally real, to say that you know to to say these things, but at the same time to say, well, we can't prove that there was any collusion, but that doesn't mean there wasn't any. I mean, if we're speaking from the perspective of the law, then if we are still looking into obstruction, no, and then we right. have to acknowledge that's, that there was no collusion. And that's why Mueller specifically lays that out in the beginning of uh, the first volume. Is He says, you know, while we cannot actually prove any crimes or malfeasance was committed, we can't, we can't um, prove there wasn't any wrongdoing committed either. We can't absolve the president that he didn't commit any crimes, but we can't prove that he actually did with the evidence we have. And that's something that it seems like William Barr was very, was very adamant about leaving out from his from his original memo, uh, announcing the results of the Mueller report. That, I mean, it was very very convenient that you know that that none of that was mentioned, and we only really heard about those those ten points when. Rod Rosenstein was up there and all of that was being more so fully discussed than prior. Absolutely. And, and, and that's why tomorrow's, I think is, uh, you know, I, I hope that I know a lot of people obviously have work and won't be able to sit and watch the entire thing. I took the day off, but you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I hope, I, I really hope that on all the national news and everything later that night, it, that's all that they play is parts of this because, a lot of people just don't know enough about this. And I mean, it's arguably the biggest investigation we've had on a governmental level since Watergate. And it's a huge deal. And I mean, even if all they get Mueller to do is just <laughs> recite from the report itself, having those broadcasts and told to the American people is important because I mean, in my belief, crimes were committed and I don't know why, Mueller didn't uh, put forth a charging recommendation, I mean, at all, because I understand there's the DOJ uh, memo of indictment and prosecution against the president. I understand that's the guideline and everything, but he was appointed to be the special prosecutor. And as a prosecutor, you can't just say, oh, well, these are the crimes that we discovered. 
and here's the evidence supporting them, but we're not going to recommend anything. And I, I, I do understand the Constitution and why he said, you know, this is up to Congress now. And he left it specifically for them, and he said that during his press conference. But the fact is, he has to recognize now that Congress is obviously a little broken, and this whole situation is extra extraordinary circumstances that he needs to speak out. Do you think that um, things would have been different if Robert Mueller was an independent counsel instead of a special counsel appointed by the Department of Justice? Because it wasn't, I mean, wasn't Ken Starr an independent counsel when he was investigating Bill Clinton? They're kind of basically the same thing. Uh, you know, all that really means is you're appointed by the DOJ, but you won't be controlled by the DOJ. Okay. And so that you can investigate, you know, the executive branch and any malfeasance that's happened there without any interference, supposedly, from the executive. So while it could be different, I mean, I think that the whole handling and um, especially William Barr's just, in my mind, insane stepping in and how he handled uh, the report before it was released publicly, it, it was it butchered. It was a disservice to the American public. It was a disservice to the 22 months we spent, you know, having this slow drip and honestly quite leak proof from the special counsel's office itself that Congress didn't immediately subpoena him and all of his uh, deputies immediately after the report was released to have a full report and accounting given to them. As far as the um, as far as the questioning goes tomorrow, Aaron, um, New York Times op-ed writer Neil Katal, who was the acting solicitor general under President Obama, is looking for these three questions to be addressed tomorrow. And first, did your report find that there was no collusion? Second, did your report find that there was no obstruction? Third, did your report give the president complete and total exoneration? Now, those are pretty direct questions, um, and it would seem like they're very obvious questions. Obviously, you want to get you want to get Robert Mueller to say more than what was initially outlined in the in the report itself, but. I guess offhand, what do you, I mean, do you think that those are viable questions? Do you think that Mueller is going to elaborate maybe on some of his, on some of his findings and what was, in what was ultimately written in the report? And what questions would you ask Mueller if you uh, were given overall, the opportunity? Yeah, overall, I mean, I think those are good questions. Um, the biggest thing to go with Mueller is, in my mind, his reasoning behind um, some of his language in the report. Mm -hmm. So for me, like, the biggest one is going to be, why did you follow the uh, OLC, the uh, DOJ guidelines that you could not recommend uh, any type of prosecution? Um, we've had already, I think it was a thousand former prosecutors signed a letter after the report came out saying, that if anyone else had committed these types of obstruction accounts, they would have been charged and convicted with no problems. So, I mean, especially then I would be asking him, you know, why didn't you interview, why didn't you push to have the president subpoenaed? 
that was a big one for me. I mean, the responses he gave in the written testimony for, especially the collusion part only, that's insane. That you have provable obstruction charges that you laid out in the second volume of your report. You let the actual uh, defendant not respond to them. And to me, that just was insane. Uh, I would ask also why he didn't subpoena Don Jr. Uh, for his parts, especially with the Russia meeting or the meeting at Trump Tower, that then, you know, he was proven to have lied in front of Congress about. Um, So, I mean, there's a lot of little things about that. Uh, I would ask him what he thinks about uh, the presidency and the executive branch claiming privilege over subpoenas from Congress over people like Don McGahn, uh, why he would if he thinks there's any legal recourse behind that type of um, basically flaunting of a congressional subpoena. Uh, but I mean, those are things I also don't think Mueller will answer. He said in his uh, presser that he wasn't going to answer anything. Everything he sa- would say and would say on the record is in the report. So that's where Democrats are really going to have a problem of getting him to go outside of the lines at all. And if they can't, they're probably just going to have to rely on him actually reading the specific parts of the report that should open up impeachment inquiries. And I want to, I want to get to that too, and just more so on the impeachment inquiries, uh, you know, before we, uh, before we finish up tonight, but uh, one of the bigger news stories today regarding what's happening tomorrow, Aaron was Mueller requesting that his top deputy be, sworn in as well to answer questions on his behalf. Uh, what did you make of that? And is that potentially a an open door possibly for lawmakers to get more out of this hearing tomorrow than, you know, than just what is, than just Mueller, you know, reading what was actually in the report? Um, I definitely think that it's a good thing that he's requesting more of his deputies uh, come to light. I remember when they originally uh, scheduled his testimony, they were going to have two separate um, testimonials, one with Mueller and then a closed session with his deputies to Mm -hmm. go over the actual further uh, classified parts of the report. So I, I think it's definitely good that he's trying to bring other people into it. So we're not seeing just his one side. And I think that is almost kind of a rebuke to maybe some of the Republicans trying to maybe just bring him in and get him to maybe not answer their maybe questions about why it began. And uh, people like Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and all that kind of bullshit controversy they try to bring up to discredit him. So I I do think it's a better idea, but again, I I just do question how much they'll be able to get out of um, Mueller in general. Yeah, that's why, and that's why I'm kind of initially thinking that if he's if he wants his deputy there, then I don't know. To me, it just seems like he's he's willing to open up in some way about this report, but not necessarily through himself, but through his deputy. So I don't know. I we'll have to see what happens with that. Um, I thought I thought that that was an interesting factor, an interesting re- request from Robert Mueller himself. But again, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, 
as far as oh, and that's one thing I honestly wish, uh, I wish Democrats would have gone the same route that um, Republicans did during uh, the Kavanaugh hearings. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember during the Kavanaugh questioning after um, uh, Christine Blasey Ford came out, they had a single uh, lawyer asking all the questions for the Republicans. Yeah. And that just kind of cohesively brings together everyone so they can pick up where they left off and you're not getting all these different questions coming in from different areas that might overlap or waste time going over rehashing the same point. And it would have, I think, been a lot smarter for Democrats to have brought someone like that in because it would have just really streamlined their actual process and getting their questions across better. Hmm, interesting. Um, certainly a, a good point. Um, as far as... Uh... As far as impeachment goes, though, um, we, we, we mentioned this earlier. Obviously, this is what this is what this hearing pretty much is all about, in my opinion, at least, is whether or not, uh, you know, Democrats are going to be able to further justify any case for impeachment. And I'm under the impression, too, that whatever happens tomorrow— um, I don't think that it's going to quell any of the attempts by Democrats to try to push for impeachment. I think it's only going to make the situation stronger for them, um, despite what happens, despite what happens. And like I said, I think Nancy Pelosi is going to be under even more pressure after tomorrow to at least start an inquiry into it. But uh, Aaron, is this... Is Nancy Pelosi trying to walk that fine line herself when it comes to maybe doing what's right and trying to maintain and keep the Democrats in the best possible position when it comes to the 2020 election? I don't think she's trying to walk a line. I think she fully believes that she's, Trump is the better opponent for for a Democratic 2020 uh, ballot. And I I think that's wrong, personally, um, but I see why she's coming down on that line. Um, Personally, I believe that, you know, all of these representatives swore an oath to to uphold the Constitution. And in my reading of the Constitution, there's no optional, uh, well, only only do impeachment of a president if it's politically convenient or if the Senate will convict. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my reading, it's, you know, if a president is suspected or there are provable instances of high crimes and misdemeanors, you begin impeachment proceedings. And I mean, whether or not that's politically convenient or popular, um, I mean, all you have to do is look back to, uh, Watergate when Watergate began, you know, impeachment proceedings began. Polling was very low to impeach Richard Nixon. As time went on, and people began seeing this night after night after night, what was going on in the crimes that were being uncovered, that the polling went up incredibly, up to about 60% by, I think, uh, August of that year. So, I mean, as, again, the thing that's problematic is, and why I think tomorrow the biggest thing Democrats can do is just get Mueller to read the crimes that he uncovered, is people understanding the implications of this. And... That if they can get people to do that, which they butchered when, you know, I mean, brilliantly, I guess, William Barr came out and undercut the entire announcement of the report. 
is getting people to understand that there are provable instances of obstruction of justice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that is a crime. And it's a federal crime. If you can get Robert Mueller to just say, is obstruction of justice a federal crime? Yes or no? Yes. Do you believe that that falls under high crimes and misdemeanors under the Constitution? Yes. Boom. You instantly have a majority of people now learning the president committed a crime. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, but let's be honest, though, Aaron. We, we both know, or we all know, that the only true definition of what is impeachable, what is an impeachable offense by the president, is what 51% of Congress says it is. And that's it. I mean, the high crimes and misdemeanors is basically the only thing the Constitution gives us to, to, to get this. So if you can say something is potentially a high crime or misdemeanor, which you pretty much always can, that's really the only standard bearer in the Constitution is what 51% of Congress says it is. So if 51% of Congress says something's impeachable, it's impeachable. Yeah, and then do 51% uh, or do 51 members of the Senate believe that that's removal from office defense? And I mean, obviously it's probably not going to happen with this Senate, but again, in my mind, that's no reason not to begin hearings and inquiries on it and have actual testimony be brought forth and required by judicial decree of subpoenas. Because then you're forcing these senators to put their name next to lawbreakers. And, and I mean, for me, that's more important than whether or not Trump gets removed from office. Because, again, no matter what, I think in 2020, he's gone. We went over this last time I was on. But the point is, is then you're getting senators to say, no, I'm okay that this president committed these crimes, and I endorse that he should remain in the highest office of our country after committing these crimes. So then it becomes a it becomes a political issue for those senators on the ground when they're seeking reelection too. And I know, and I and I think that that's I think that's a good point that you make, Josh. Um, and I think it's I think it's a good follow up that you make too, Aaron. Considering that, I I think we have to have this discussion at least at some point down the road, whether it's on XCast or whether it's on Politics of the Empire. And what I'm talking about are how the Senate is constructed. What in what amendment is that? That Senate is the Senate is elected by the people. Is that an amendment to the oh, 19th Amendment? 19th Amendment. Right. I'm right about that right now. Yeah. Direct election. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whether or not, uh, you know, the, the Senate should still be elected by the people because, it, you know, and I'm not saying they should or shouldn't. Oh, there's a big argument against it. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, you know, we should elect our representatives for the state and then the state should represent or the state should elect. The how, how the Constitution says it is. Really. Yeah. I mean, I mean because before the, it's, it's, it's the only amendment I oppose. Because, honest, yeah, because in, in I mean, in, in this sense right here, that's where you run to that problem. Because you have you have to think to yourself, how many senators out there, how many Republican, in some cases, Democratic senators would vote for impeachment or vote for removal of from office if they weren't beholden to their constituents if they didn't have to worry about re-election when um when their six years were up and if you believe in democracy you, you should believe that they should be beholden to their constituents of course mm-hmm. but this is an argument for why you know that that constituency shouldn't be so direct yes um but you know maybe we'll, we'll maybe get to that 
later on down yeah, the road oh, because because sure. I think I think it's I think it's a conversation worth having and you know it's something that very well could directly impact uh, how this is handled from here on out and same thing goes for uh, you know the last one of these that we've had in this country and, and you know that's the Bill Clinton impeachment I mean Bill Clinton was actually impeached from office but wasn't. Well, he was impeached, but he wasn't removed from office by the uh, by the Senate. And 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 in American history, we know that that two presidents have been impeached. No president has ever been removed yep. from office. Yeah. And and a lot of people like to make the the historical or political assumption that Richard Nixon would have been had he not resigned. But truth is, there there's no facts to back that up. We have no idea. We never. If, yeah. If if Richard Nixon would have been removed from office, and if history is telling it all, it shows that. Probably he probably wouldn't actually have been, you know. But but that that's that's an opinion based argument, really. We no one can ever know that um, he wasn't even impeached, let yeah. alone removed. Uh, Aaron, one one last thing from myself before before we uh, before we let you go tonight. Uh, what was the um, you've read the Mueller report from cover to cover? What was the in your opinion? What was the single biggest factoid within that? that large document that you read yourself that was the most compelling, the, you know, the most interesting that, that, that you saw. I mean, can you, can you point to one specific, I have a feeling it's going to come from the second part of it, but what, what, what do you think? Um, well, and that's, I mean, if I had, uh, there's two that comes to mind, obviously. Um, one of them is, you know, obviously the multiple obstruction parts that Mueller lays out and, you know, um, you know, as a legal mind seeing him lay out, you know, the three acts that, you know, constitute an obstruction of justice charge. Um, I mean, just seeing the it's obstructive act, the nexus of the act, and then the intent of the act. So, you know, seeing him lay those out on each key charge, which again, there's almost, I think, 10 that he lays out. And I think there's four that are concretely provable in a court of law. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, for me, that's not even the most amazing part was, was for me, it was reading the responses from Donald Trump himself. Uh, I mean, and he only said he would reply to the collusion aspects of, uh, the report and the investigation. And, you know, for all he talks about having, you know, the greatest memory and the biggest brain and being the smartest <laughs> president to ever hold the office, just reading his words specifically. And I mean, he's gone on record saying, I mean, whatever you take that, I guess, with a grain of salt. But he said that he wrote this without any help from his lawyers and he did it all by himself. And I mean, seeing him reply to these very tricky legal questions just with everyone basically beginning, I do not recall. I have no independent recollection. Uh, I have no recollection of being told. Um, I mean, just seeing the answers to those questions laid out uh, to me was the most interesting part of the read. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can find them all very quickly too. If you, if any of the listeners or you guys want to see them, uh, just pull up the full Mueller report. Go to the very, very bottom of it. It is Appendix <laughs> C is where the Donald Trump interview questions are laid out and answered in full. And you actually, you could actually find a copy of the Mueller report on our website, theimpairmedia.com. Just uh, go and search for it. It is there. Josh, I know you had one more thing. Uh, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, you know, 
Aaron, by the way, thanks for a uh, really in-depth analysis. It's been, uh, been my very pleasure. Uh, anytime. I'd love to talk about this stuff. And like I said, I mean, I just hope tomorrow we get some answers. I hope everyone gets to see at least a little bit of just what's going to be, in my mind, the most important congressional testimony of all of our lifetimes, I'd say. Oh, I'm glad you said that because that is actually what my question is about. And my question is, is very simple. And that's just saying, why does this matter? Why does this matter to Joe or Sally American out there? Because, I mean, Aaron, you're, you're a partisan. A very well-informed and educated partisan. But you are a partisan. And you're taking the day off tomorrow, and that's, and that's great. That, that's, I, I, I thought that was awesome when I heard that, that you're taking the day off tomorrow. To, you guys want to I'll live tweet it on, uh, <laughs> tweet it on Twitter for you guys. Um, but... May take but, you up on that. And I know you'll be watching the coverage later that evening. But I'm not going to take the day off tomorrow. And I'm probably not going to see much of it till later. But I, And tell me if I'm wrong here. But I can already tell you what the news coverage is going to be tomorrow. If you turn on the liberal stations, you're going to hear that Donald Trump is done. And regardless of what Mueller says beforehand, we already know they're going to say that he's done. This was the nail in the coffin. It's totally impeachable, and oh my God, can you believe our president did this? And if you turn on a conservative station, you're going to say, that's it. That proved it. Donald Trump did nothing wrong. Everything's fine. You heard it here first. You saw it right from Robert Mueller's lips. Nothing wrong here. Uh, nothing to see. There is nothing happened. I mean, am I wrong about that? I mean, what, what, what is the thing that he can say? that the Republicans or the Democrats can really latch on to tomorrow to have this matter, you know, more so than it has in, in months past. No, and that's, that, uh, that's a phenomenal point. Um, and, I mean, to profess, profess it before I say, I don't believe Fox is even going to, like, have it live. I don't think they're going to have the actual hearings live, but... Uh, regardless of that, I mean, for me, the, the one thing that Robert Mueller could say is the president of the United States committed a crime. Far none. That, that instantly is, that should be a shock to everyone because in our country, we were built upon the ideal of, and why we left the monarch system in general was no one is above the law. And that, you know, if, if we allow a president to commit crime, no matter how small, how non-consequential they are, and I mean, you can make this argument on past presidents, and I, I mean, you, I can too. Bill Clinton, I'll fully admit, he lied under oath. For Barack Obama, I believe that, you know, he committed some very sketchy things in terms of the drone programs and spying on American citizens. I had no problem calling out past Democrat presidents, any president, because I do believe that at the very base foundation of our system, we're supposed to hold everyone accountable, no matter your prestige, no matter your position, no matter your uh, economic influence, anything, is that we are supposed to hold everyone to the same account of the system we built. And, I mean, and for me personally, I think that obstruction is one of the ones that really undercuts that foundation of a judicial system because you're trying to stop justice from being investigated or uh, put into a court of law. And 
so obstruction for me is one of the worst crimes I think that anyone can commit because you're trying to undercut our entire system of beliefs. So roundabout way again, for me, the biggest thing he could say is, yes, we found evidence that is provable in a court of law the president committed a crime. Excellent answer. Excellent points. Quick follow-up to that. Do you think there is an aspect of this? Because we all know that Congress is kind of a good old boys club. Do you think there's an aspect yeah. of this that this is a little, just a little payback for, for Clinton? Like we're, we're going to get our impeachment in and he won't get removed either, but like little, little payback reminder that we can do it too. Uh, I mean, I, I do. And I don't, if, if it had been any other president, I do think that, yes, that would be a valid point in argument. You know, if it was Jeb Bush or uh, Ted Cruz or Mark Rubio that had actually won the nomination and won the presidency, I do think that argument can be made. But, I mean, with just who Donald Trump is and his past history of not only breaking the law but just flaunting it completely, I do think that there's a more existential point we're reaching in American society. Um, and I mean, you can even say it like with the Jeffrey Epstein stuff, uh, with all that stuff, uh, Me Too and Kevin Spacey and all, you know, we're reaching the point where I think Americans are just sick and tired of seeing people not treated as they would be. If I was in contempt of Congress and I lied to Congress and they had proof of it, I wouldn't be able to still walk around with a subpoena or <laughs> ignoring a contempt of Congress charge. None of us I'd would. be in jail. Yeah, none of us yeah. would. Yeah. We'd be in jail. We wouldn't be uh, worried about months long where they're going to the courts about getting fined. We'd all be sitting in a prison. Uh, I mean, you know, say what you will, but similar to Chelsea Manning. We wouldn't be able to just wait until a judge or Supreme Court decides if what we're doing is right or wrong. We'd be sitting in a, we'd be sitting in a jail cell. Absolutely. And I mean, and that's, I think a lot of people are getting tired of that double standard being applied. And, and it does. And, yep. and that one, uh, Absolutely. That, that one's, it's not a, it's not a partisan thing necessarily. It's uh it's, it's a money and power thing. I mean, anyone that's ever uh, rolled through a stop sign when they're 10 days late on paying a speeding ticket knows that, uh, yeah, you, you don't get that kind of leeway. <laughs> You're, no, and you're I, in trouble. No, and I think I think Aaron, when you brought up the when you just brought up the Jeffrey Epstein thing just now, I mean that, I mean, if you if no one in this country thinks that the upper class, the elites in the United States don't get special privileges, whether it be a, a billionaire like Jeffrey Epstein or a billionaire like Donald Trump, who happened to you know, find himself president mm-hmm. of the United States or even, you know, even like Bill Clinton, if you want to, you know, if you want to look at Absolutely. people on the left. The Jeffrey Anthony Weiner. Yeah, Anthony Weiner. Hillary the, Clinton, any of them. Yeah, yeah, the Jeffrey Epstein thing was, it, it was atrocious what happened. I mean, I mean, the guy should have went to jail for the rest of his life back in the early 2000s. And what did he get? He got a slap on the wrist and a ticket to a federal um, country club, essentially, where he got to leave leave daily. Yeah, got to leave daily, still allegedly commit crimes while he was at his office. And the only thing he had to do was sleep at jail. 
That's the that's the only thing he had to if do. If Jeffrey Epstein was a normal person, he'd have been shivved in a dirty jail cell by now. Yeah, probably. he wouldn't be alive. No, he uh, wouldn't be alive. Or Paul Manafort as well. Yeah. Um, and you know, or uh, Roger Stone right now. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine if any of us had flaunted a judge's uh, gag order <laughs> multiple times? Yeah, we would. Yeah. And Aaron, I wish you were in studio with us too, because the next topic we're actually going to kind of segue into that a little bit as well. This with this Epstein. Oh, I'll be listening, so don't worry. <laughs> um, Aaron, what are you what are you coming out? You coming on again in two weeks to uh, to recap the uh, the next Democratic debate? Yeah, that sounds right. It's uh, not this week, but next week will be the debates, and um, uh, I'm excited. I wish I could get down in there. Uh. No, that'll be that'll be ex guest. Two weeks from now is deep issues. Um, right? Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. it will be. Well, we could do it on POE though. Yeah, we can. Wanted. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure. But, it. We'll, but we'll have Aaron back. Well, I didn't know if you're going to do a show without me next week. When when is the debate? Is it? It's Thursday. Is it? When is the debate, Aaron? Tuesday and Wednesday, I believe. Tuesday and Wednesday. Last week of the month, yeah. Okay, so yeah, it would be the following week. So, yeah. So we'll see Aaron again in two weeks. Cool. For, for Politics of the Empire or for something along those lines. Yeah. Maybe it'll just be a, a um, special edition of uh, Aaron Aguemeyer with the X-Cast or something. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Uh, Aaron, thanks for coming on tonight. We'll talk to you later. All right, man? All right, guys. You have a good night. Yeah, I'll thank you, man. You have fun tomorrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see you, dude. Get the popcorn ready. Oh man, Aaron is uh, Aaron's all in tomorrow. Yes, he is. That's like that's like his Super Bowl, man. It, it really is. It really is. I wonder yes. if he's. I wonder if he's got like square set up. I should have asked him, but you know, oh, he should. <laughs> I, it kind of makes me want to, yeah, like also take the day off and go hang out with Aaron tomorrow. Yeah, but I don't know if he wants. If it's like he needs like all silence. You know what? I bet. I bet he's gonna be like me though with the. Uh, you with you the watching Super the Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah. He's not gonna be like. Mueller here and party he's going to be i mean he's probably going to get some uh he's probably going to get some food yeah sit there you know kind of spread out a little bit and uh yeah, yeah not not to be bothered maybe turn his phone off yeah it might, it might be like yeah like get get some get get some uh some popcorn some punch and candy and then you know once the you know maybe switch to coors light when the cnn part rolls in and <laughs> That will make make it make a like a whole twenty hour thing of it. Oh man, I should I I Aaron, if I know you're listening right, text in if you are uh, making squares up because maybe I want to get in on this. <laughs> I'm 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 down for I'm in for ten. You're in for ten. Yeah. I, <laughs> if if you're doing it, Aaron, yeah yeah, te- text into the show. Oh man, but hey, you know, it looks like the government's got a lot to worry about with uh, the smaller report and everything, but. I don't know why they'd be focusing their time worrying about that because uh, we're right in Area 51 on September 20th. Is that what you wanted Aaron to... Uh... <laughs> yeah, yes, because I'm going to segue into that something. Was, that was the this. segue. No, but there's going to be a segue from the segue. I was, I, was th- uh, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, Aaron's probably thinking, he's like, oh, God, thank God no, they no, hung no. up with me now. No, I'm going to I'm gonna pop into it. But no, but seriously, I mean, we're, we're all right in Area 51 on September 20th. So yeah. the government has bigger fish to fry than what, what, so, what Robert <laughs> Mueller's got to say. So you're saying, are you, are, you, are you saying the Mueller hearing is a distraction? That is what I'm going to say. Okay, <laughs> September, 20, September 20th, Area 51, right? So 
plug on him. Is this just a big psyop? This this Area Fifty One thing. Is is this just a distraction from Mueller, Epstein, whatever the hell's going on in Iran? Because because I was all on board with the Area Fifty One memes. They were cracking me up, and I and I no apologies for it, regardless of of where it of where it stems from. I think the memes are hilarious, and I'm I'm gonna keep sharing them. You know, but seriously, is this is this just a big psyop? This this uh this area 51 thing get every because that was like the number one thing on twitter when you know this Mueller report's happening today and uh jeffrey epstein really should be the top news story right now and well at least over the area 51 raid aaron says bring some scotch trash and i'll set up squares in a drinking game (laughs) (laughs) oh god that could get ugly fast real ugly real fast All of a sudden, drunk Aaron and drunk Josh start getting into politics. Oh God, that could that could be that could be rough. That could be rough. Man, glad that's not happening. Uh, but um, I mean, really, man, this 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 Jeffrey Epstein thing, it's and people, you know, when when some people say, "Oh, why aren't they covering this?" Others come in and say, "Oh, of course they're covering it. It's been you know a top news story," but. But why aren't they covering what should be covered, like what we just said? Are you saying it's even bigger conspiracy, considering that, you know, the people who could be exposed? I do. In this? Yeah, I, I I do think that. Um, I mean, it, it cracks me up that you have um, Republicans talking about like, oh, we can't see what Epstein has to say because he's going to expose the Clintons, and the Democrats are saying we can't see what Epstein has to say because he's going to expose Trump. It's like. He's um, going to expose both of yeah, them. It, uh, <laughs> why not both, said the yeah. little Mexican girl with the balloons. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously. Like, actually, Bill Clinton and Donald Trump not only were both on Jeffrey Epstein's little party jet, they were on it at the same time, it looks like, at one point. I mean, this this is a big deal. Yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be thrilled about what could come out if... I'm Donald Trump or Bill Clinton for that matter. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, and you know what? I think this is a, I think this is a discussion that I actually had with Aaron through text um, a week or so ago that, yeah, if, you know, if, if you're looking at this from somebody on the left, um, like myself and mm-hmm. Aaron are fuck if, if, if Bill Clinton did something wrong, if he was if he was implicated in any of this, then yeah, fucking throw him in jail. I don't I don't care. And and I for one and 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 I'm not a fan of Bill Clinton. I'm not a fan of Hillary Clinton. Um, I don't think that many people are. No, I mean yeah, throw throw Bill Clinton in jail if he was involved in this in this sort of thing. Anybody, yeah, anybody. I don't. This isn't this isn't a partisan thing, and this is what. This is the most annoying thing probably about this because, I mean, Josh, you and I are, are, are in those Facebook groups, those mm-hmm. political oh, yeah, Facebook yeah. groups, and uh, and people just trying to turn this into some partisan issue of, oh, well, Bill Clinton or, oh, well, Donald Trump. It's Who cares? Yeah, something I'll, like I'll this. I'll include those two and many more. Yeah, something... Listen, with what, Jeff, what we know epstein did if you flew on epstein's plane one time ever i want to hear your story and i want to hear it now yeah i want to know what you knew 
what you didn't know, why you didn't say anything at the time. I want to know everything. I want to know who these people are that were flying on his jet. Exactly. And did 100% of the people that ever, ever flew on one of Epstein's jets know that? I'm not saying that necessarily, Mm -hmm. but I want to hear from them. Yeah. I want to hear from every single one of those people. Yes, Bill Clinton. Yes, Donald Trump. Yes, all every single one. All Woody Allen. Down. Yes, um, everybody. Prince Andrew. Yes. Yeah, uh, exa- Yeah. the royal family for sure is in on it. I mean, it's like Woody Allen. It's like, well, geez, Woody Allen, we already know you're into that stuff. Yeah. We do. We already know that. But you made funny movies. Actually, did he? No, actually, Woody Allen's movies suck. <laughs> but, but, but whatever. Somebody liked them. So they're... Well, that's just another example of what we we're talking about earlier, right. as far as that, as far as that privilege goes amongst the, uh, you know, the. Do you know, do you know what the really damning question I want to ask to to everyone in the world, mm-hmm. or especially to you, working to middle class people out there like me and Adam and Aaron and and the vast majority of the world, actually, basically anyone who's involved with with what we do, yeah, and anybody who's just a normal person, yep, I know, sure. your yep. everyday person walking around. Here is the really damning question. We all know what Jeffrey Epstein did. We all know that what he is going to, he's going to face the music to some degree here, one way or another. But here's the deal. Would you trade lives with Jeffrey Epstein right now? Fuck no. I would. You would? Absolutely. Absolutely. Despite all this, he is still going to live a better life than 99% of the people on planet Earth. Even after all this. Now, I'm not saying you get to... I can't I can't control one's psyche. I'm not saying that you have to then have the... Um, hell, I'm not even assuming his innocence or guilt. I am simply raising the question that... I mean, you're not going to have to go through the guilt I, I can't put your good human mind in the mind of a monster mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that, that's not what i'm what i'm saying necessarily i'm not saying you're gonna do this and then oh my god what did i do and now you feel the guilt for this no you get to switch spots with jeffrey epstein right now so you get to live the life of a kind of sheltered um shunned billionaire yeah i'll take it I will switch lives with with Epstein right this second because he is still going to live a better life than 99.9% of the human beings that have ever lived on planet Earth. I don't think he's going to get off this in this instance though. I think I think it's it's too out in the open. I think I think Epstein's actually going to get rolled this time. What it sounds like from what I've read and I could be wrong. I could be wrong. You know, maybe he'll end up going to real jail. Mm-hmm. You know, the the jail that you and me would go to, not the um, resort. Yeah, not not the not the, the resort, jail. resort yeah. not the thing where you maybe got to go sleep there, but then can you know park your Ferrari in the parking lot and you know drive home afterwards. It's optimal security. Yeah, in a, you know, in a um, federal. Um, it's looking to me like he is going to, like, all they're really going for is he's going to have to be a registered sex offender. He already which, is, though. Yeah, he already is. Uh-huh. He already is. Um, which, again, I, I don't want to be that person, and I certainly don't deserve to be that person, but there's there's worse fates. 
you know, I mean, that really sucks if you're like moving into like an apartment building or moving into a trailer park or moving into a small neighborhood like the vast majority of us live. But you have to register and then go live in your like walled off castle. <laughs> like, who cares? Who cares? Really? It, it's really not that big a deal. Um, but it looks like he's going to have to continue up his registry. He's going to maybe do some jail time and that he is going to have to, um, you know, fines, of course, and that he'll have to do some sort of house arrest, which house arrest at his place would be pretty gnarly. <laughs> so I'm, I don't know, man. I, I, I will be really surprised if three years from right now he is living anything but a somewhat atypical billionaire's life. I'm under. I'm under. I'm actually under the impression that, like I said, the you know, he's going to get rolled in this sense, just because I think I think the justice system's embarrassed. I think it's embarrassed for for what happened. I mean, you had the you had a judge come out back in February and say that uh, the sweetheart deal that was given to him back in what was it, 2007, something like that. Yeah. I believe over ten years ago. Yeah, uh, was illegal. Um, I think, and and I and I believe the the judge now has said that deal and what happened then is going to have no bearing on, um, well, that deal is going to have no bearing on what happens to him this time around. I'm sure his 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 lawyers are going to try to argue double jeopardy and so on and so forth. But I really do. I think I think Jeffrey Epstein is probably. Is probably going to uh, is is probably going to face some pretty harsh, I don't want to say harsh, but but stiff consequences after what is quote unquote allegedly happened. Uh, and that is, I mean, that's more so, like I said, just because of of the legal system, you know, being a being embarrassed just... over what happened. Not to say that. That I don't know. I I think in some ways though that's worse because you know it takes the legal system to be embarrassed um, in order for them to make the right move. Because mm-hmm. you figure too. I mean, how many how many girls would have been spared if he was actually thrown in jail? Oh sure. Um, back when he was supposed to be thrown in jail, as opposed to you know having what happened to him right happen so. Right. Um, you know, listen to me and again, call me a conspiracy theorist if you want. I don't, I don't care if people call me that at this point in my life, but to me, we'll, we'll know one way or another. Yeah, we will. We'll, we'll know sooner or later because Jeffrey Epstein, quite frankly, just has too much dirt on too many people. And that's, and that's, and that's why I think he's going to walk. And if it's looking like he's not going to walk, we'll, we'll all know because, um, He'll end up suiciding himself here any day now. And, and you know, and he's going to commit suicide by falling down an abandoned elevator shaft or shooting himself four times <laughs> in the back or um, something along those lines. I, there's, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, Josh, and there are a lot of different, a lot of different strings to this, considering the, the status that Jeffrey Epstein had in, you know, that in that circle. Sure. I mean, because uh, seriously, if he goes to regular person jail, then he'll sing yeah. like a bird. And he'll, because as far as I know, Jeffrey Epstein is quite the monster. 
mm-hmm. as an individual. And I don't think there's somebody he cares about out there in this world. So I, I don't think he has anything to protect other than himself and his money. If you take away his lifestyle truly, then we're gonna we're gonna hear some stories. Well, yeah, and I mean, people aren't gonna let that happen. Well, that's the thing is if this, if if this thing goes to trial, which I you know it it seems like probably will then yeah i mean get your popcorn ready because this is i mean and that's why i think it won't happen he's gonna get a sweetheart deal one way or another he's gonna get he's gonna get the deal there's there's no way this guy ends up in regular person jail you know i just i mean i'm sure he's going to whatever happens if he if he does go to jail he's not going to He's not going to be in there under the same circumstance that a regular person. Right? Right, he's going he's, to club fed. Well, he's well, he's going to have you know he's going to have protection in there. Obviously, being a high profile inmate, but uh, who knows, Josh? I mean, I I think that you bring up some very interesting notions that you know, based on his status, based on you know who he knows and what potential mm-hmm. dirt he may have on them. That yeah, I mean all things are possible in this sense. I just think given what has happened before, uh, I think the optics of the justice department and the justice system Mm -hmm. in that sense could be, could be devastating for them. And again, I, I hope I'm wrong about this when I, and that's why I asked the question of, would you switch, you know, to anyone, would you switch lives with Jeffrey Epstein and take the chance right now mm-hmm. and i think a lot of right-minded people would myself included to me and i i would bet money on this not that i have a bunch of money to bet but 150 weeks from right now i bet jeffrey epstein's living a better life than the vast majority of people on planet earth bottom line too though smack down a couple notches probably but what's a couple notches for a, a multi-billionaire you know a couple notches is still three dozen notches above uh your boss whoever your boss may be for those people listening, you know, bottom line too. I mean, this is something that, uh, that, that people need to start advocating about and getting vocal about Mm -hmm. is, is shit like this, uh, because it stretches. I mean, Aaron talked about it too, with, you know, his, at the end of, of, of our, of our segment with him, when you asked him, why is this important? And he, Mm -hmm. and I thought it was a great response. He said, uh, you know, just, you know, people in high positions in this country and really throughout the world being above the law. And is anything truly going to change? Because it shouldn't take the justice system making one wrong move to begin with in order to for them to correct themselves 10 years later. I mean, it should happen right then and there. And perhaps the only way something like this truly changes is if there is somewhat of a revolution on the streets. Yeah, you know, well, and you you need um, and you you need some, you need accountability, and you need to see some people go down. You need some people to be made examples of. Mm-hmm. And what better person than him? Because you know what? Quite frankly, Adam, as a regular dude out here. I don't care that much that rich people get perks that we don't get, mm-hmm. but it should be a level playing field when you're talking about crimes this heinous. 
that that's something I truly believe. When you're talking about crimes, this grotesque, this heinous, this evil, mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and use that word. There should at least be a level playing field on that. Mm-hmm. I don't actually care if rich people get away with more on their taxes. <laughs> I don't really care if they do little things and that, that they know they can get around. Like, quite frankly, when, and not that I'm even a fan of hers, but when Martha Stewart got in trouble for her insider trading, I was actually thinking, like, this is crap. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? It's people with money stealing money from people, other people with money. She you does know? stuff with Snoop Dogg now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and that's, like, I, I was, like, really, come on. Like, who cares? I, I don't, that that is a, that's a money crime. Mm-hmm. You know, I, but this, this is something very different. I don't care if the billionaires and millionaires of the world get uh, special treatment because they can hire the right attorneys and hire the right things for these white-collar crimes. But when you're talking about really, truly heinous and grotesque and disgusting crimes there should be a level playing field and this guy should be going to the same damn jail that the rest of us would uh aaron weighed in here only deal that will come to abstain um for prosecutors under the public scrutiny will be if he supplies bigger fish and clients but yeah he won't be in general population same as manafort or any other high profile kind he and and he won't do it though I mean, he's not going to uh, to supply those names. Well, it's, you know what? It's I, it's not going to happen. We'll we'll and see. He'll, and he'll commit suicide if he does. We'll see. We'll that see. Suicide in air quotes. We'll see if uh, you know when it potentially gets to that point. So, mm-hmm. anything on any, anything on Area Fifty One though? Anything else? <laughs> no, just I, I think it's. I mean, I I think we should be there. <laughs> I mean, it's happening September twentieth. So I'm thinking. I mean, we're going right. Um, yes. I, I'm thinking, uh, and we're a news organization, so quote unquote. <laughs> so, so I'm thinking Empire Media is gonna have to maybe just get off their wall a little bit. They can send me. <laughs> they, you know, I'll, I'll go. I'll be the guy. So Empire Media, you're gonna have to flip me the flip the bill a little bit. Um, you can. We'll go out there. I don't need. I don't need five star. Okay, I don't need five star stuff. You know, Motel Six would be yeah, good. Yeah, Motel Six is fine. Oh, at Motel 8. I mean, I'd like to, I'd like cable, but <laughs> a microwave would be nice. But if, okay, if Motel 6 is all Empire Media can afford right now, I get that. So Empire Media sends me out there, flip the bill. I'll, I'll get some, some onsite interviews with, with some of the people. Um, I'll, then I'll stick around afterwards for when they escape with some of the aliens so I can interview, you know. I can interview E.T. and, you know, Joe Schmo, who just liberated him. <laughs> um, and uh, this is a, this is a deal, right? I mean, we can Empire Media can send me out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll drive. You'll be you'll be right there next to Wolf Blitzer and Jake Tapper. Yeah, I, don't and... Need to, I don't need to fly first class. I'll drive. I'll just I'll need a gas card from, <laughs> you know, corporate gas card from Empire Media, of course. <laughs> so just flip the bill. I'll go. I'll cover the event. And uh, this can be great. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. We'll get um, we'll get on-site interviews with all the geniuses who are about to <laughs> about to about to storm one of the most uh, secretive and probably right heavily fortified bases in in the in the world. Mm-hmm. I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll I'll bring my son Alex so he can come. Yeah. Actually, I won't. He's he's too young. <laughs> no, Alex. Sorry. I'd like to, but you're just you're just not ready for this mission. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so that's that's a deal. So you can you can catch us. You know, we'll, we'll do some live stuff. Would it be great though if if like the major news organizations were actually there to cover this? It'd be yes. But you know what? I mean, what would be extremely disturbing though is if all these people actually did show up and they did try to storm it. Yeah, I mean, because some are, right? I mean, thousands have signed up. If 10% show up, I mean, it's still a worthwhile, like, news story, right? Yeah. I mean, I th- I think some people are going to show up. Or is everyone going to forget by then? No, I think that there, I think there's, I think there's going to be people there, but there's going to be like, eh. <laughs> yeah, is anyone going to, like, I just feel like they're just. I feel like it's going to be really anticlimactic. Like yeah. no one's going to get shot. Like they're just going to like put up electrified fences or something. Well, you know it'll. Just, you know it'll probably happen. They'll probably have like. They'll probably have like you know the national guard there and, you know. Do you think they'll have like a line of like guardsmen with like rubber bullets? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think they will. I think think they will have like a a first line with like rubber bullets and stuff to shoot everybody down. And then right behind that is going to be the actual bullets. Yeah, the the guys with AKs. And behind that, they got laser guns. Yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, that's for real. And then they'll be flying out like the, uh, you know, they'll be flying out like the Independence Day type of of technology where they're shooting that green shit at them. Do not shoot that green shit at me. Seriously, uh, dude, <laughs> this might be a little deep issue, deep issue-y, but mm. do you think there's actually aliens locked up in Area 51? Oh, man. Um. Yes. Alex does. Um, that's my, my son is trying to talk to the microphone that's turned off. He says yes. Um, but no. No? I... I I go back and forth on this uh-huh. a lot. Um, I think there's some crazy stuff in there. I actually, and we actually did cover this on a deep issues a while back. Mm-hmm. I actually am kind of of the opinion. I know this, this, this is a conspiracy within a conspiracy that makes you less of a conspiracy theorist in some ways, I mm-hmm. guess to, to self define it. But I believe that a lot of the quote unquote alien stuff that the powers that be, the the theys of the world, the government, I, I think they're not actually alien things. I think they want you to believe it's alien stuff. Yeah. So you don't look at like and just say, Well, look at all the stuff the government has. You know, I, I think for the most part when people see a UFO, I'm more prone to think it's government. Yeah, that that's that's a crazy government craft that we don't know about yet. And I bet there's some really crazy stuff over at area 51 i bet there's i bet there's crazy fucking technology there like did you see the um was it the best I mean, but area 51 not the only place that has stuff like no this too there's other places no but though. did you see like the video from that like was it the best steel day parade mm. in france where they had this guy on this hoverboard and oh. it was it, it was like supposedly this new technology that you know they may put soldiers on hoverboards and but this guy was like going like you know a top speed on this thing i think it's like 90 miles an hour and it wasn't like those cheap sharper image hoverboards that you know catch on fire it's like the one that biff pulls out in in back to the future too dude this that's way better than the other people's hoverboard yeah but no green goblin 
Oh, okay. Th- this is this is what this hoverboard was like, and I'm just thinking to myself, if we're seeing that yeah. right now, you can only imagine what type of what type of shit they have locked behind these, you know, these. Oh yeah, reinforced steel walls of you know All that are stuff that people you know that are seen it. yeah that are stories you know you know ten stories below some mountain. Oh, I mean, and you hear about these guys that worked on it, and this isn't like conspiracy stuff. You hear about these guys who have worked on it, and they got to sign a stack of NDAs before they work on it, and all they worked on was like the tip of the wing. Yeah, like they're not even allowed to see anything else. They're mm-hmm. just like, yeah, well, you know, I, I'm not allowed to say anything. All, all I saw was, you know, it's one tiny little part. And like, <laughs> and they could be sued just for saying that, you know. But, you know, the the example I always like to use with this, and I know I've said it before on uh, this show and on Deep Issues in the past, too, is the government now acknowledges this is not conspiracy stuff. This is 100% truth. The government acknowledges that they had the stealth bomber. The stealth bomber is still like the secretive thing that, you know, they have. We know they have it. They fly them. Hell, they do flyovers with stealth bombers at yeah. uh, Michigan Stadium now. And they're cool looking oh, planes. They're, they're awesome. Yeah. They're awesome. Very high tech. They had the stealth bomber or admit to having the stealth bomber in 1978. Think what, think about the car your parents were driving in 1978, <laughs> or maybe you, depending on you know, how old you are. How old you are? But seriously, I mean, like I, I was born in '80, but I mean, think about like the car your parents were driving in 1978. Think about that technology compared to the car you drive now. Yeah. The 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 Ford Focus you drive now, or whatever you have now, compared to that, they had the stealth bombers in '78, maybe before. They I'm admit sure. to having it in 78. I'm sure they had it before that. But, I mean, if they had that in 78, what the hell do they have in 2019? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Because it just shows the the higher technology that that they possess. But not only that, Josh. I mean, some of, the, some of the most basic things that we use today yeah. was, was developed by the military. Like, Absolutely. Th- like the smartphone. Right. That wasn't a, that wasn't something developed by, you know, a regular, you know, like a conglomerate mm-hmm. like Apple. That was something that was um, commissioned and developed by the military. Yeah. And again, I mean, we see this, we see the smartphone now. It's not something that really blows our top or anything like that or something mm-hmm. that's incredibly amazing to us nowadays, but you got to think of yourself when, you know, you got to think of when this technology first came out, like back in the, you know, the earlier 2000s. And and when you really truly think about the smartphone now, it's still pretty remarkable oh, in and absolutely. of itself what it can do. But the smartphone, I mean, just looking back in, in, in the government having this idea and where this eventually, like, where this came out of and what they had initially to mm-hmm. even start this. I mean, I have my I have my smartphone in front of me right now. I know your your son mm-hmm. has his over there yeah. and you have yours and you think about okay, when did this really when was this really Yeah. When was this really a concept? I mean, in, in Area fifty one they might be teleporting people. 
Who knows? For all I know, that wouldn't even surprise me. You know, we've we've had shows on time travel, Josh. We've had shows on you know different dimensions and, um, you know, uh, just a bunch of different things. I would bet that that one of those things that we've talked mm-hmm. about, whether it's time travel, whether it's you know alternate dimensions, stuff like that. The government has some type of insight on it. You have to think that that's that that's the case, right? So, and, and you know what? And do they do they have have they had some sort of contact with with aliens or something? Perhaps I, I don't rule that out. And do they were they storing that kind of stuff at Area Fifty One at one point? Maybe I really, but I. I don't necessarily think that like all the technology comes from the aliens type thing. You know, I, I don't necessarily think that, but then again, I'm still kind of a, I still have trouble disbelieving the conspiracy of the Roswell crash way back in 47, that mm-hmm. it's <laughs> sure as hell wasn't what they claim it was. Yeah. And we know that it definitely wasn't a balloon that, that went down. It's always a weather balloon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> So, you know, do they have that there? Have they reversed engineered some of it? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the, the stuff that, you know, they hide this stuff for decades. Then we find out about it. You know, what, what are they hiding now? You know, yeah. when they told us about the stealth bomber, they didn't stop hiding stuff that day. Mm-hmm. You know, they... They wanted us to know about it. I the way I look at it, by the time they tell us, it's practically obsolete to them. Yeah, no kidding. You know, I mean, that's really. I just so I mean, nineteen seventy eight. My my mom was driving an AMC Hornet in nineteen seventy eight. I mean, that's like <laughs> you know, like the the cars that people were driving then. A lot of people wouldn't even be able to like, like not like they're that different, but. People don't even like know how to like function cars like that. A lot of you know, a lot of modern people don't. You know, put like a 17, 18 year old kid in these cars, they're they're probably not even gonna be able to keep it running half the time. You know, it's stalling out, it's doing weird stuff. You know, God forbid it has a manual transmission in it. You know, I mean, really, people don't even know what they're doing with this stuff. So what has the government done in between then and now? I don't even know. And vice versa, too. I mean, you look at some of the cars now. I mean, you open up the hood and it's like. Oh, yeah. It's like, what the f- what the fuck? Oh, my. You know what, man? I, I'm I, I'm not much of a mechanic myself, uh-huh. you know. Um, But I have worked on cars. I have changed stuff. I can do a little bit. But just recently, and I, I've never had. A, um, I've always driven American cars. I drive a German car now. And recently, I had an issue with my car. And I admit, man, I popped the hood. I don't even know what I'm looking at. <laughs> I get the hood open. I'm YouTube and stuff on my phone. I'm like, I don't think I can do this. Well, not only that. I, <laughs> no, mean, I, I mean, generally speaking, I mean, you could open something up. You could be like, oh, okay, okay, there's the battery. There's, mm-hmm. you know, the manifold. There's, sure. you know, where the uh, air filter is and so on and so forth. But yeah, I mean, some of these, you open them up. Some of these newer ones are like, for the I, hell's the battery? I like, like, I... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I opened my car up, and I'm like, they're like, okay, I'm gonna have to, you know, gonna have to pull the spark plugs and stuff. I open up, I'm like, okay, where are the spark plugs? Next thing, <laughs> seriously, like, I know what a spark plug looks like. I've, I've changed spark plugs. Like, I gotta find the damn things first, though. <laughs> I'm sure. I when I first got that car, it. I'll be honest, maybe that, maybe I'm just stupid, but it took me like five minutes to 
like find where you check the oil. Really? Yeah. Like I, I was like, like, all right, I, I've had this car for, you know, you know, a month. I really should, you know, be, you know, checking the oil. I mean, open this up and check the oil. It's in here somewhere. Um, <laughs> it is a car. Uh, it does take oil. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and I found it. It's yeah. there. And they are, for the most part, the same. After some YouTube. Yeah. Some, some mechanism. And I mean, when, when I was married, my, uh, my ex-wife, my wife, you know, wife at the time, um, you know, I, she had said something. Was, I was like, oh, we just, I'll check the transmission fluid. I went out there. I'm like, I can't find the dipstick. To the tra- <laughs> A lot of them don't have dipsticks. Yeah, now, I'd, yeah. Uh, um, and that's what I, or I was like, oh, well, I heard some of them don't have it anymore, so yeah, they did. Um, her dad, who was a mechanic, you know, a mechanic for like 40 years, retired, you know, came over, and he did find it. <laughs> it was in there, but like, it wasn't that quick. Like, he, he did, but he was like, he's like, oh, maybe it is. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's one of those ones that doesn't have it. And then after some examination, he's like, oh, no. I was like, oh, all right. No, you're right. You found it. Which is dumb. What guy, why, why wouldn't a car have a dipstick for the transmission? I don't know. I don't know. Because my, my um, 2009 Sport Track, I had to get a new transmission put on it, and it didn't have a dipstick. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, some of them don't. So it's weird. And the, the batteries are in the trunk now. I oh, didn't really? know that. Yeah. That's weird. In a lot of cars. I, I didn't know the battery was in the trunk until I went to change the battery on my wife at the time's car when changed the battery opened up the hood couldn't find the damn thing <laughs> it's in the trunk and, Jesus. Like, and then i didn't even find it until i found where like an area below where it should be where you can jump it from the thing and it and just said something about batteries in the trunk I'm like oh i guess i should have known that all right my battery is in my car now <laughs> i think they do that mostly with like smaller economy type cars oh really but still weird yeah but hey, we get we get a new section today though, right? We do, we do. Um, so we it's been a while since we went around the empire with Adam Hernandez. Yep, uh, let's go ahead and take it tonight. Uh, remember those ice raids that were happening? Uh, was it last weekend? I think it was last uh, weekend. Yeah, I think so. Um, well, according to the Associated Press, that yielded thirty five total arrests after there being a target of twenty one hundred total people um one potential reason for this was the um massive organization amongst communities to protect these immigrants uh immigrants activists led a campaign know your rights in cities like houston new york and chicago with large immigrant populations um and there's a quote here from that. To inform the public, they used hotlines, text networks, workshops, social media, and prompted a smartphone app that notifies family members in case of an arrest. Because uh, a lot of the times these ICE officers were going to these uh, places of residence without a warrant to actually go into the house. And a lot of the times people don't know whether you're in, you know, whether you're here in this country illegally or you're not, that people don't know their rights when it comes to when it comes to warrants and you know what you do with a policeman uh, or law enforcement, uh, mm-hmm. somebody in law enforcement knocks on your door. I mean, a lot of people out there think that oh, well, they're knocking on my door. I have to let them in or I have right. to talk to them, which isn't the case. Whether you're here illegally or you're not. Um, well, in the, the argument to this would be, well, 
they're not American citizens, they don't have those rights. But the law enforcement still has to have a warrant. Yes, they still have to have a warrant. And no matter what crime you've committed, you say, well, you've already committed the crime, you're here illegally. Well, you're still innocent until proven guilty, are you not? Mm -hmm. So... It, it the the onus of proving this does still fall on law enforcement, and there are some. I mean, there are there is some legal precedent too that that, and I know this is going to cause some controversy with some people that foreign citizens or you know illegal immigrants are protected under the Constitution. Uh, there was precedent set before that uh, suspected terrorists apprehended by the United States also had protection under the United States Constitution. Uh, and again, I'm... I mean, again, just the innocent until proven guilty alone yeah. shows that. that that's really the only protection one needs yeah exactly from from, from this exactly know? so you know and this is and this is like i said this is good measure for immigrants if you are if if you're you know in the united states illegally or you're not or just you know just you know naturalized citizens or citizens, whoever you are it's yeah whoever advice. you are whoever you are advice. that you don't have to you know your best bet is to not talk to the police. It's, you know, you don't have to open the door for them if they're knocking there, if they don't have a warrant. Like, if they have a warrant to go into your place, they're they're going to knock the door right. down yeah. anyway. Yeah, if, if, they're, if they're flashing yeah. a warrant in your people, you might as well open the door unless you, you know, unless you want to replace your hinges. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're coming in. And they do have the warrant then. That, that's, that, that is, uh, you know, that that is acceptable but quite honestly but don't talk to them though no don't talk to them once they're in your house don't talk to them whoever you are if you've committed a crime or haven't committed a crime the fifth amendment exists for a reason Mm -hmm. you do have the right to remain silent and it's a really good idea people it really is don't innocent or guilty anything innocent or guilty i mean haven't people watched cops enough time (laughs) when the when the cop is is saying you know in his you know Honesty goes a long way. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Don't believe the cop that no. says honesty will go a long way. Because have you ever watched an episode of Cops it's where not... they say honesty goes a long way? And they say, yeah, there's a bunch of dope in the trunk. And they let them go? Yeah. No, they don't <laughs> let you go. They don't let you go. No. They don't let you go for being they honest don't. about your crime. And it's and it's not illegal for the cops to lie to you, too. And, and they're not the judge. They're not the jury. And they're certainly not the executioner. No. Nope. So if you have committed a crime it's not their job to deport you right that second Mm -hmm. or to lock you in jail right Mm -hmm. that second or to they actually you know they are there to arrest you and they may they will probably arrest you and you probably shouldn't resist you know and they we all know what happens when when you resist so you know there there isn't much much use to that either this opens the door for the state to right you know it's inflict violence it it is it it is a, a judge's job potentially a jury but most likely a judge's job to say whether or not you are going to jail or being deported or or any other you know myriad ways of of punishment mm-hmm. um but have you have you seen the video of the um the uh it was, it was all over facebook of uh, the uh mexican dudes they're all you can tell like one of them is like setting them up you know because they're taping they're all around the um um, all sitting around the table, and somebody else like, like ice is here. 
and they like start to scatter and then this other dude who's like one of their buddies or walks in he's got like four bags of ice <laughs> <laughs> i didn't see that <laughs> <laughs> they, all, they all scatter it might be staged it I doesn't know. look like it's staged it looks <laughs> like it's i mean the, the joke is staged yeah you know but the it's pretty funny and i just like this other dude also mexican you know yeah. walks in he's got like four bags of ice he's laughing his ass off already but <laughs> i didn't see that it's pretty funny they're all like, like oh you suck <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny video. um the uk now has their own blonde problem at the top of their leadership as expected boris johnson was elected to succeed theresa may as the british prime minister a role he's expected to take on wednesday uh uh, and it it doesn't come without massive amounts of controversy, even within the own con- his own conservative party. Um, he is notoriously lazy and doesn't offer a lot of solution. Um, but he is expected to devise a plan to get Britain out of the EU within the next ninety nine days. And he's the one of the biggest vocal um, proponents of Brexit for the United Kingdom. And uh, yeah, he's got quite the job ahead of him. Uh, something that his predecessors, well, David Cameron didn't want to undertake it at all. Right. And uh, Theresa May couldn't get it done. So um, it's now left up to Boris Johnson. I, I'm not a fan of hers, but I, I felt bad for Theresa May at the end. I mean, I really did. I just, she, she couldn't do anything right. You know, everybody hated her. It seems, you know, like, British Parliament sounds like a. Uh, it seems like a uh, cutthroat. Uh... Oh, it does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just they just resign. They just quit. I mean, could you imagine if like if our top officials did that as often as they do in in, in, in Britain in, in Parliament? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they they just quit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that was fun. I'm out. Can you imagine? Can you imagine like, Donald? Imagine if, like the president did that, or like <laughs> Mitch McConnell, yeah. or Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. Yeah. I mean, for one thing, with how disliked they are. They would have done it a long time ago if if they if we had the same. Can you imagine some of them? Can you imagine some of them in British Parliament though? God. Like Donald Trump, for yeah. instance. Can you imagine them in British Parliament? Donald Trump, it seems like he should be in British <laughs> Parliament. Actually, <laughs> his tweets seem like that's why when like when uh, when Europeans, Brits especially, criticize Donald Trump for his tweets and the way he talks, which I criticize Trump for that too. Yeah. I'm, I'm like. I've seen your parliament on C-SPAN, guys. Like, you have no room to talk. <laughs> you know what's funny, too, is they actually, I don't know if you knew this or not, but, like, they have, like, this scepter in the middle of the room that is supposed to be there. If it's not there, then they can't pass any laws or, you know. From, yeah, it's from the, the House of... Now the House of Commons is the one with real power, but the, it's like the House of Lords places it there. So well, actually, they're the not queen, allowed the, to talk unless the House of Lords. Well, the, well, the Queen sense. places it there because that is supposed to represent the Queen's presence mm-hmm. there. And I guess she just does that now. It's kind of like a rubber stamp. It just stays there, yeah. Yeah, where, okay, well, you guys can go ahead and do this. I don't want to fucking be there right now. It's like um, they reenact the thing every year where, where they like knock down the the door for the house of lords and they let him in oh it's yeah. like you know it's a thing they do it's like but it's yeah the, the house of commons runs it i mean i the the queen's supposed to give her basically it's like a, their state of the union uh-huh. every year parliament writes it yeah oh so. uh, the british people and their uh their silly traditions I know, they're so goofy <laughs> <laughs> they are. They're so goofy. Uh, d- I, I love them to some degree too, but they're like they're just they're they're so goofy. It's like, <laughs> it's like and cook and cook your French fries longer. And stop calling them chips. Chips come in a bag. <laughs> 
Oh, their French fries are soggy. Yeah, yeah. Like the, yeah, like they, I mean, I've never been to England, but it seems like, you know, I like fish and chips. They invented it. I love fish and chips. It's like, don't go to England for fish and chips. Go to Detroit. <laughs> I mean, there, there's like, there, there's like better fish and chips all over the world than there is. Oh, in I, my, my wife, my wife went to, uh, to, um, London, mm-hmm. England and, uh, several years ago now but uh yeah like one thing they do that like they don't like refrigerate like we do here in the united states like their milk is often warm and same thing with like stuff that should be refrigerated like like they don't it seems like they have any concept of cold drinks there yeah and there it's kind of like the um like oh well that's because stuff is fresh it's like "Mm, you know what it tastes better cold yeah sorry sorry Uh, it's like um I know. I wish Dorf was here. He could probably comment on this. But like a lot of like the craft beer guys. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a craft beer snob. But oh, a lot that, of, yeah, Dorf would need to be. But, but but a lot of them are like, oh no, this one's supposed to be drank warm. That's like the traditional way. It's like like they didn't drink beer warm back <laughs> in the 1800s because it's better warmer. It's supposed to because they, like, they didn't have fridges. They didn't have refrigerators. <laughs> That's why they did it. <laughs> It's like if they had refrigerators back then, they would have drank their their ales cold. Every they would have drank their water cold and their milk cold and everything else cold. That's it tastes better. It tastes better. Um, moving on. Um, Donald Trump files a lawsuit against the Ways and Means Committee, according to Axios. Donald Trump has filed a lawsuit as a private citizen against the House and Ways, the House Ways and Means Committee, the New York Attorney General, um, Lieutenant James, and New York tax commissioner michael schmidt in an effort to prevent them from releasing his state tax returns so um not quite sure how that's gonna end up but uh donald trump has nonetheless filed a lawsuit against them uh the 9-11 victims compensation fund has been extended through 2092 um in a 97 to 2 final tally the senate today voted to fund the 9-11 victims compensation fund through 2092 senators Rand paul and mike lee were the only senators to vote no the fund which helps roughly 93,000 9-11 first responders and victims are still being monitored and or treated after the attacks back in 20 2001 would have seen aid run out by 2020 according to the new york daily news the total number of people killed as a result of the 9-11 attacks um, is set to exceed 2,977 people um apple and talks to buy intel smartphone modem chip business the wall street journal is reporting that apple is still in talks to buy intel smartphone modem chip business the reason behind this is looking is for apple looking to develop its own modem capabilities for its iphone after a recently settled legal dispute with qualcomm uh tom hanks i don't know if anybody saw this or not is a spot on mr rogers the new trailer for a beautiful day in the neighborhood dropped monday and featured tom hanks nailing the role of the tv icon fred rogers the movie itself is set to be released this upcoming thanksgiving if uh you guys haven't seen the trailer yet i haven't is, actually i saw i saw still photos of yeah it. it is it is on our website theempiremedia.com you can also check out the hub.theempiremedia.com and check it out there but it is tom hanks does play an amazing mr rogers it looks like yeah um uh, but uh yeah you know what i as i get older i think i'm 
like really starting to appreciate Mr. Rogers more. Me too. Um, Me too. I, the guy was what, the, a, what an awesome person. Yeah, the guy was a genius. He was a just maybe the nicest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. <laughs> it, it, it just no. What a, what a great man. Yeah, what like a, his sayings, his quotes yeah. is something that not just kids can live by, but maybe more so adults yeah. could and, and could anything, live by. Anything that keeps his memory going longer, mm-hmm. I support. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he. What a what a great. Have you ever seen the old tapes? They're you know you can tell they're old old mm-hmm. of of him speaking before Congress. Yes, those yes. are so good. Yeah. And there's that crotchety old congressman who you yeah. think is going to be the against de- yeah him. that old Democratic uh, that old Democratic yeah, uh, he just lawmaker, looks yeah. like a cigar smoking yeah old uh, you know and he was you and know, he was but he was awesome the the congressman or senator yeah. is awesome too because you know you you can tell he doesn't even know who Mister Rogers is and. You know, Fred Rogers gives this speech in the this impassioned speech. Yeah, and the center is just like, "Hey, you sold me." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah. He's basically like, "I'll give, we'll give you any, yeah, which, like, any amount of money that like, you, you can want. tell." He totally like did a one eighty in front of everybody. Like, yeah, okay. You know, right. I, yeah, you 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 made your case. I'm, I'm with you. I, I briefly briefly read up on on that particular. Um, uh, lobbying in front of Congress that uh, that Fred Rogers did, and yeah, that 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 congressman that he you know mm-hmm. convinced right then and there. Yeah, I forget his name, I but he was either. he was he he was known to be a you know just a very very tough uh, guy to convince yeah. and to win over. And yeah, I mean that guy kind of broke down himself and said, "Yeah, you know what that." Yeah, like, for hey, what you, you just said, got your funding. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, and that's and that's the. It seemed like that's the kind of guy that that Fred Rogers was. He wasn't a, you know, controversy never followed him. No. Um, he was genuine. He was somebody that truly it seemed like put others before himself. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you, I'm with I'm with you though, Josh. Anything that would further further immortalize him. I'm I'm completely all for it, it, it. It's based on a obviously it's based on a true story, but it's based on a um, a a journalist who uh, kind of did this this report on him back in the late 90s. And um, it talks about how, you know, his interviews and his interactions with him kind of, you know, changed his own life. So, um, but Speaking yeah, the movie trailers, you see, see Top Gun, too. I did. That looks awesome. I did. It, it does look, it does look really cool. I think it looks, yeah. I, I, was, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm on board with this. You know what, though? I would have, I would have had, I think one of the greatest openings to a movie is Top Gun. Mm-hmm. God, why didn't they kind of replicate that in some ways with that trailer. You know what? That's like, like the teaser. You know, maybe kind, they will. I know, I know, but kind of, you know, have it, uh, you know, have it sit there and, you know, be real slow mm-hmm. and kind of get that that Top Gun, you know, you know, music going, then all of a sudden break into Kenny yeah. Loggins, you know? <laughs> I, I, they got to play the Kenny Loggins song. In oh, the I'm movie. sure they will I at some they point. They, they need to. But, you know, the, the only good thing about The Force Awakens was the trailer itself yeah and i could remember like seeing that for the first time and then you know all of a sudden seeing the millennium falcon kind of like bust out of nowhere and i mean it gets you pumped up for the movie and like i said that was the only good thing about that movie but uh yeah i mean i'm hoping that uh yeah they do bust out some like all the star wars slappies like me now are seeing the episode nine one like oh i don't know maybe it'll be good like 
with the Palpatine you, laugh yeah, and like do you guys remember the Force Awakens and Last Jedi yeah. trailers? They were good too. Okay, I work with some and this is gonna put you and Alex kind of I I, I was downtrodden when I heard this. Mm-hmm. I was, right? I, well, I'll turn I'll turn on your mic here because this is important. <laughs> we were sitting there having a discussion, and they the, the, this person was a very very good person said that she liked the Last Jedi. <gasps> I, 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 was, I was I was thinking to myself like that's the worst one. Yeah, that's worse than the Force Awakens. I, uh, that's how it- I was recently okay. Okay, I'm turning off your mic again. (laughs) I I was I I was recently actually not even that recently because it was before Last Jedi came out, so quite a while ago. Um, talking with somebody who's a big Star Wars fan. I'm not even gonna say their name. I'm I'm not gonna say their name on air because I don't want to out them for this. But I was just shocked because we're just going through our like Star Wars list, Mm -hmm. and they had Force Awakens at like third overall. And I was just like, wait, wait, what? And like the way they said it, I was like, I was like, okay, so you're putting when you said like Empire and then Phantom Menace and then this, you meant like the whole other trilogy and the whole other trilogy and then Force Awakens, right? Like, no, no, no. It's like it's my either third or second favorite overall. That person like, just doesn't like. Star and I was Wars. just like, like, I just. I can't talk to you about this anymore. Like, I don't even want to talk to you about. Like, this. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get angry. Yeah, I'm like, gonna say some stuff that I might regret like, later on. Like, you're a Star Wars fan. Like, no, they're not. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. It's like, no, you're not. Yeah, no. you, you don't. You're, you're not. You, you don't. You don't get it. Like, nope. you just, you just don't get it. You're, you're, yeah, you're. And that just kind of like maybe like yeah, you're entitled to your opinion. It's just I just never want to hear your opinion about anything ever again. <laughs> I think, I think the, the third spot is reserved for any movie in the original trilogy. Yeah, I agree. If if you're not naming a movie in the original trilogy in the third spot, I don't think you're a real Star Wars fan. I kind of agree with you for the most part. Yeah, I mean... Me too. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I agree with you. Because yeah. I think for me, it's probably... It's probably Rogue One... Yeah, which that's 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 different. And I've and I've said and I've said that many times before uh-huh. that Rogue One is my top. I'll probably go Empire number two, um, A New Hope three, and Return of the Jedi four. What's yeah. yours? Uh, mine goes uh, Jedi Empire, A New Hope, Revenge of the Sith, Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace, Rogue One, Solo, Battle for Endor. Caravan of Courage. Shut um, <laughs> Last Jedi, Force Awakens. I get or, or Force Awakens, Last Jedi. Or one. Yeah, I, I don't care. You can mix or match. All right, Alex. What are, you, what are your top three? Um, Empire, Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith. Empire, Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Especially, I can see younger people too, like Alex. I know, like a lot of people. Like I know some quite a few younger people that put one of the prequel movies first, but if they're Star Wars fans in the top three, they're you know then it's going to be Empire. You know, I probably go with I probably go with Revenge of the Sith four for me. Yeah, I think it's the oh wait, best no five five. I mean five for me. I think it's the best of the prequels. Yeah, I think yeah. I do too. Yeah, I do too. Um, Unless you count Rogue One as a prequel, that that could be. But 
I, I I'm still a prequel fan. The prequel trilogy. Rogue fan. One is a prequel. Well, I think I think they're definitely more. You you can appreciate them more after the garbage mm-hmm. they've released right. after Return of the Jedi. So. I mean, I guess Rogue One and Solo are technically prequels, but yeah. you know, when you say prequels, I mean the the prequel trilogy. Yes. Um, a couple more things here. Uh, is GameStop the next to die? Um, is GameStop the next realtor to succumb to the online and digital revolution that has killed the likes of Blockbuster and Borders? Not so fast. GameStop chief customer officer Frank Hamlin says in a recent interview with GameSpot, citing that the physical game business still has a market due to the internet still not being available to everyone in games like Red Dead Redemption 2 and its potential 8K graphics capability, pushing a size pushing a file size of 400 gigabytes. Still, though, the company's share price is hovering around $4, which is down from the $55 it was back in November of 2013 and the $60 it was back in 2007. Uh, Again, interesting that this comes up, considering, yes, uh, online gaming has certainly made, had a bigger, a, a not so much as of, a, of an impact that you know online movies and online music has had, but it's certainly starting to gain ground, yeah. especially with uh, you know like app stores and sure. um, you know some of the new stuff that uh, that PlayStation and Xbox One is coming out with, and even like you know like those online services like uh, like Steam. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which Steam is a thing that you know was big pretty much died to the point where people didn't even realize it was still around and now it's back yeah you know i know my brother's really big into steam yeah and i mean is gamestop gonna be around forever no uh do i think it's gonna be gone here within the next uh few years yeah i actually i do i mean especially when you see those those share prices i mean that that kind of trend that's not the making of of something that's going to be around yeah. for you know the long haul and as far as his his reasonings as to why it's not going it, it why there's still a market mm-hmm. and a place for physical gaming um i don't think the internet thing is much of a uh as much of a a a backup or a reason right. as to why physical gaming is still going to be around considering Internet is pretty much everywhere nowadays. Um, the the one thing though is that is that file size for some of these games. I mean, you're pushing 400 gigabytes. Uh, that's definitely too big for an iPhone um, or any kind of smartphone. Uh, and as far as the download time for something like that, it's going to take a while for you to download something like that, and it's going to take up much of a you know good portion of a hard drive. Uh, but that's just the technology now. Right. I mean, five years from now, who knows what it's going to be. You know, I get kind of a weird opinion on this because, you know, I'm, I'm a big-time retro gamer, mm-hmm. and I'm also a big-time fan of um, of the brick-and-mortar stores. Yeah. You know, I, I really am. I don't want to do that stuff online, and I love my retro stuff, and I love the console. You know, I'm a console gamer, but... When I hear about, you know, them going out of business, I actually think, good. I actually want them to. Because for one thing, I never forgave them for stopping being Funko Land and, and stocking old old stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, when they switched over, that pissed me off. And sure, I've still bought stuff there over the years. But 
I agree with their CEO when he says there's still a need for, you know, a brick and mortar type store, but I know some awesome stores out there, guys I know personally who run small time video game stores and I want them to stick around. Mm -hmm. I want those ones that will still sell old Turbo Graphic sixteen games. And maybe those you are know. the and maybe those are the guys that actually end up surviving because you can't go to a GameSpot and, right. or GameStop and, and find stuff like that. No, and that's the thing is, is if if the game if GameStop goes out of business, then that can ensure that some of these small time ones can stay alive um selling retro stuff, yeah. selling used stuff, buy, sell, trade type places. Which I know that GameStop does that, but only with newer systems, mm -hmm. you know. But if they go out of business, then some of these smaller places can stay alive, and that will that still will give people a chance to go to a brick and mortar store and reserve something to actually get it physically. That you know, because you can do that in all those places too, and still get the you know get stuff place to go. And if you're that person that only wants the latest and greatest, a place to go and trade in your PlayStation Six for uh, the new <laughs> PlayStation Seven and yeah. get a big discount, you know, in a few years. I, I want that to still exist, but it, so if, if GameStop goes under, then maybe some of these, I, you know, for lack of a better term, like Ma and Pa type uh, yeah. video game stores. Is Destiny I, Games still around? Yes, it is. Is it? Yes, Destiny Games, very cool place here, local. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's not doing anything for people that live don't live in this area but yeah i mean for those of you in the detroit area destiny games awesome place mm -hmm. um there's another place i go to um destiny games is my go-to but uh there's a place um jeez oh, i can't remember what it's called right on five mile in livonia um oh man it's so mod pa they don't yeah. even have a name it's uh <laughs> do you remember what it's called alex that place uh where we got the restaurant no sorry oh man if, if i think of it i'll say because i'd love to give him a little plug um wireless guru wireless guru. Oh, wireless, yeah. wireless guru and uh destiny games i'm happy they're they're not paying us but i'd be happy to give them a little <laughs> plug you know um you know for for people in the detroit area for sure very cool places and so much better than going to a game style yeah you know i mean so much better it's you know it's such a cool atmosphere and they got everything a GameStop has. Yeah, and or and what they don't, they can get. Mm -hmm. You know what they don't, they can get for you. And GameStop is way more expensive. It is. It's yep. true. Like a hundred dollar games. Yeah, yeah. You know that I kind of I kind of you know compare that to, uh, you know, like some of those like Sam Goody. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in in comparison to like some of the you know more independent uh, right yeah you um, know record when, stores that right you go to. you're right when when the big time record stores went under people were like oh the record stores are dead it's like no that actually means that 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 neighborhood record store that maybe it has a chance to stay alive for another ten or fifteen years mm -hmm. you know that that's to me what that means we're in a you know I it's as weird as it sounds though I don't you know I don't know if there's quite the comparison that can be made when it comes to older music and older video games just because there's so much more of a of a scope and mm. spectrum when it comes to when it comes to vintage video games yeah that you can't you, you don't quite have that with with um vintage music i mean you have you have records right. and you could have record stores still that yeah. sell that type of thing Oh yeah, the ones the music stores, the ones that stayed alive are the ones that are are buy sell trade places yeah. where you can get the newest CD, 
But where you can go look and, oh, do they have that Allman Brothers record? Yeah, but people are going to want to buy records, though. They're not going to want to buy CDs or anything like that anymore. And we saw that even recently with like stores like Target and Best Buy. They stopped selling CDs, but they still sell records. They still sell records, yeah. Um, a couple other things here. Mark Sanchez retires from the NFL to take an ABC ESPN college football broadcasting job. 32-year-old Mark Sanchez, a former fifth-round pick, or fifth overall pick, excuse me, of the New York Jets, has opted to call it a career after receiving zero offers from NFL teams this offseason. The Sanchez decision, though, was essentially made for him after ABC offered him a very lucrative job, which he'll take over for Mac Brown during the main in-studio televised broadcast. Mac Brown went and actually took a head coaching job with North Carolina. Aside from being an epic bust, Sanchez Sanchez did see some success his first two years in the league, but will be most remembered for his epic butt fumble against the New England Patriots. Uh, and then finally, Josh, I don't they, know. They did him dirty. You yeah. never do Sanchez dirty. Um, I don't know why MTV is still doing this, but they did release their 2019 VMA nominees. Oh. Mm. And if uh, anybody's interested in that, they can go to our website and uh, click the link there and go and check those out. Yeah, but I'm sure, it's fascinating. Yeah, I I bet you I couldn't name one person. Oh, on there I'm, I'm and, certain of it. Again, it's it it is laughable that MTV still peddles this bullshit because yeah. MTV doesn't play videos anymore. No, they don't. They do not. That MTV has nothing to do with music. Hey, you want? Hey, if MTV wants to have a shitty reality reality TV award show, yeah. then by all means, yeah, that, that's what they should be. You are you are the now the authority on that. But mm-hmm. video music awards and best pregnant sixteen year old of twenty nineteen <laughs> is. <sighs> Uh, so and so, who is now on their third job? Yeah, who, who, who you, whose name you won't remember in three years? God, isn't that awful though? Yeah, it does. It like sucks. sitting there, you know. MTV was so cool. It was so. It's, it, it used to be so cool back in the day. You just turned on MTV, and it was just like the radio, but TV. Yeah, you just turned you it leave on. it on. Yeah, yeah, you just turned it on, and there was just music on all day. Yeah, and the little. It was so cool to just have that in the corner. The who you know the the artist the album the that people knew music back then because mm-hmm. that was there yeah and it wasn't like listening to the radio where you had to wait and hope that they that you caught what when they said the the artist if it was a new song you heard you know you're hoping you you catch it when they say the artist and maybe you'll get lucky and they'll say the name of the album too that it was off of but no yeah. it was, that was awesome on MTV you saw you knew what they looked like then yeah you know. You know what you look, how, you know, and yeah, there, there's some trendiness to that too. You, you knew what they looked like and how they were dressing and all that you know, stuff. You know, what, you know, what's weird too, Josh. And I, I know we're, we're, we've got to wrap up here, but real quick. And this is something my wife and I talked about, but you look at some of the guys, some of the performers, some of the artists back during the seventies and the eighties and in some sense, the nineties. Their look would you you wouldn't think that would be a look that would work for the camera. Right. Like I'm thinking, like I'm thinking Phil Collins. Yeah. <laughs> like Phil <laughs> Collins probably got tons of women coming into his room yeah. oh, with yeah. them. Oh yeah. And he looked like that. Yeah. Like can you imagine if Phil- he wasn't a rock star? I mean, what what kind of game would Phil Collins have if he wasn't a rock? Yeah, like, can you imagine? Can you 
take Phil Collins out of the 70s and the 80s and put him in, in today's, you know, music industry. Yeah. It wouldn't be the same. Yeah. And, and the ironic Because they thing, certainly don't care that he had talent. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the ironic thing about that, too, is you saw more of the face of these guys because they were on these music videos yeah. all the time. And now I get you. You know, you you do see. It. I mean, you can go on YouTube and, but mm-hmm. people used to watch MTV all the time, and they saw this all the time. It's yeah. just it was it was it was it was different back then. It was. It I mean, was. I'm. I mean, you think about all these other guys too. Yeah, smugly dudes. <laughs> but yeah, they they didn't care. They had talent, you know. And then it's like you you cease being ugly. It's like there's like no such thing as an ugly rich man, yeah. like no no such thing as an ugly rock star. Like Paul Simon. I yeah. Mean, it's like doesn't matter, man. No. You can you can write music, you can play music. I think Snoop Dogg said something about that once. Did he? Yeah, he was talking about how like the the rappers get a lot of chicks. He's like, they definitely get a lot of chicks. He's like, but those guys holding guitars, man. Like <laughs> <laughs> those guys holding guitars, man. They they they, they pull some chicks. <laughs> did he did, did he say he needed to learn guitar? <laughs> I think it was Snoop Dogg. Oh, yeah, man. Talking about that. Snoop Dogg. <laughs> love Snoop Dogg. Snoop, yeah, I love Snoop Dogg. Um, he was on Howard. Well, I got this interview. He's Howard. It was a great interview. Somebody go, you got to go YouTube it. It's it's an awesome interview. I'm sorry. Recent one? No, it wasn't recent, but he talks about... Is that the one where he takes the collar, is it? I don't think so. <laughs> he actually, he actually like, goes into pretty good detail about this time when he was hanging out with Tupac and Tupac brought um, Madonna over. I think you told me about that off air a lot. Yeah. And like, and like you would think, Oh, Madonna, you know, she probably no, like Tupac was like, they walk in and he's like, sit right there to Madonna. (laughs) It's like, what the hell? It's like Tupac is saying that to Madonna. It's like, damn. Um, there just there's an old interview with um on Howard with Snoop Dogg where somebody gets through the call screener and you know obviously told him he was gonna say something else, but just got gets on and Snoop. They're like, hey man, what what what's up? The guy's like, hey Snoop, what's up? Why'd you kill Biggie? <laughs> he's like, he's like, what? He's like, he's just, I was just wondering why you killed Biggie. What did he say? <laughs> he's like. Like, you know, like he gets like, he got like real indignant about it. And then he kind of like starts talking about like, like, Hey, I was one of the guys that was trying to be a peacemaker with, with all that East West stuff. And he's like, yeah, I believe cool. him. How, how'd you kill, how, why'd you kill me? <laughs> he's like, kept saying that. I believe him too. He was getting, he was getting a lot of, a lot of shit at the end. Yeah. At the end there because of the way he was, he was trying to be a peacemaker. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think he killed I don't, I don't, I definitely don't think no. he did it personally. No. <laughs> Shook Knight probably called the hit and yeah, it was, yeah. it, it, and it was some, it was some, you know, low ranking guy in yeah. that, uh, you know, in that whole. Somebody owed a favor. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, though. No, it was a good show tonight. Definitely want to thank, uh, definitely want to thank Aaron Agemeyer for coming on. Talked about that earlier. I want to thank Alex for his uh, Star Wars input as well. And uh, we'll see you. No shows next week, right? Uh, Unless you plan to do something. 
or to be determined, not next week. I won't be here next yeah, week. Yeah, correct. No show no shows next week. But yeah. but two weeks from now we're coming back with a with a special X cast. It sounds like we'll be doing an X cast and a deep issues yeah. in two yep. weeks. Uh, with, with Aaron at uh, Xcast and uh, add on deep issues with anonymous. Yes, with anonymous. Anonymous being the topic. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We appreciate this. It's been episode number one hundred and three of the Xcast. Bye for now, everyone.